0: To our very first week of our series called "Filled." Filled. We all of us are hardwired, and we understand that we want, and we're somehow our lives are supposed to be full. And even though, as far as busyness and schedules go, we, our society we've never been more busy on this planet than now. We've never had more opportunities to do stuff with our time than now but somehow in the process there's still this emptiness there there's still there's this so it's gotta be something else folks it's gotta be something else and we're gonna look at what biblically we're supposed to be full of I've been told I've, I've been told that I'm full of it multiple times and well, I've decided if I'm gonna be full of it I'm gonna be full of the right stuff the Bible says I'm supposed to be full of it so let's all be full of it together note say we were created to have lives of meaning and purpose, folks, full lives. And Jesus came to humanity so that the emptiness created by being separated from God could be filled so that that could be filled with life. Us being apart from God, living apart from him, are before Christ's time created these emptiness and these voids it created voids of proper thinking it created voids of different things and then once we even when we're in christ when we slip back into our old ways and our old patterns and the junk of life it creates these holes and these emptiness and we have to choose on purpose what we're going to fill that with any scientist tells you that nature abhors a vacuum things just end up there And even as believers, if we don't choose what we're going to be filled with, we're going to get full of something. We can get full of remorse. We can get full of of regret. We can get full of anger. We can get full of of just being full of ourselves and thinking we're all that. There's a lot of things we can be full of. But what we want to do is we want to look at what it really means to truly be biblically filled up john 10 10 says the thief comes only the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy my gosh have we seen a lot of that in our news lately a lot of us have seen a lot of that in our lives behind the closed doors and all of the pretty facades there's so much emptiness and pain and destruction And I tell you what, it breaks God's heart, and Jesus came for us to be able to live full lives. He said it himself, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So here it is. Here is death and destruction and mayhem and emptiness on one side, and life, which life all by itself is awesome, but life to the full on the other side and guess what in this planet while we're sucking oxygen while we're living here both are accessible to us and we have to decide and choose to lend ourselves and bend towards life and we're wired for that there's something in us that goes off when when just life is just a a waste heap that we go no this is not the way it's supposed to be there's not the way it's supposed to be god wired us for life he built us to be in his presence and to live for him in eternity and all this other stuff just goes no and you may have already seen this video going around on facebook and it's just it's just one of the most beautiful things i've seen in a while that just shows the difference that they're even in the middle of a literal waste heap that something is in us that rises up and says no beauty should be here even here I'm gonna roll the teaser to landfill harmonic. My name is Ada Maribel Rios Bogado. I have 13 years and I play the violin. Me llamo Juan Manuel Chávez, más conocido como Baby. Tengo 19 años y toco el chelo. Este chelo está hecho de una lata de aceite, la madera tirada en la basura y las clavijas son de una vieja cuchara para golpear la carne y para hacer el ñoquis. Y suena así. (risa) Una comunidad como Carteura no es un lugar para tener un violín. De hecho, el violín, un violín cuesta más que su casa. En ese grupo acá mismo encontramos un colado de violín. Y de ese empezamos los trumendos reciclados. La familia que acá vive recicla todo lo que hay en la basura y se vende. No pensaba antes que yo voy a hacer esa trumenda. Y me siento demasiado feliz cuando estoy viendo a un niño que está tocando un violín reciclado. Cuando ya escucho el sonido del violín siento como mariposas en el estómago ha sido una sensación que no sé cómo voy a explicar. La orquesta de instrumentos reciclados es una orquesta que toca instrumentos hechos con la basura. Un, dos, tres. Y mi vida sería Sin la música estaría decoré y por ahí. La gente se da cuenta que no tenemos que tirar la basura muy fácilmente. Y no tenemos que desechar a las personas muy fácilmente. statement we're not we're not wired for this we're not wired for the destruction and the mayhem that our willful sin has brought in with it that we're wired for life we're built for that we're built for that and the beautiful thing is is i love it that god does not choose to just see us in our broken and busted states and say, you know what, I can't do anything with that. The, the beauty and the sound that I had created that for, it's now, it can't come out, and I'm done with it. This is a picture of what God does. Talk about a recycled orchestra, that's you and me, folks. That is you and me. In our broken and busted states, God reaches down and he doesn't just patch us together where we just look like a useful function of our limp together selves. God actually restores us beautiful and whole and makes us do what we were created to do. And we have to be willing to embrace that. And you have to be willing to do it. You have to make sure you don't take pieces of your life and discard it and say, God, I I bet you can do something with this, but over there you can't do anything with that i don't even want to talk about that god do something with us over here when we give ourselves to him we give our fullness to him and we let him do it he wants us to have life and you and i have to understand that that he was the original life giver life from god is what filled us in the very beginning and it's the only thing that really gives us life now we try to separate it we try to separate ourselves from god And we separate ourselves from our very source of life. If you're reading through the Bible like we encourage you to do, maybe you're just reading the New Testament part, and that's fantastic. But if you read through the whole thing, on January 1, first day of the year, if you haven't started it, you can start today. It's not too late. You can catch up real easy, no problem. But on January 1, we all read this together, Genesis 2, 7. It says, The Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. But notice there at the beginning, before the the first and, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. There it is. Here is this man form from the components we're made of. Believer or not, everybody will agree, all the, all the doctors and biologists and whatnot, to say we're built from, from dirt stuff. We're built from organic matter. We're built from minerals and all of these different stuff, stuff you can go find out. Find in good, healthy, rich soil. That's what we're made of. And here God creates this, this man form. But then the and happens. The and is the most important piece of this, folks and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and we get the other and and man became a living being see folks without god without embracing his life we really become just a shell that man form was just a shell until the breath of god the breath of life came in and we so desperately need that all the time. If we're going to be full, we have to understand that we have to be full of the life of God. And it only comes from him. There's an incredible picture of this shell thing and then the life coming into it out of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is a prophet and you're reading through the Bible. It's going to be months before you get to Ezekiel. It'll be, it'll be a little while. So don't think you're going to read this story tomorrow. And um, it'll be a while. Um, but Ezekiel, God's wanting to speak to him and God speaks through, through imagery and through the, through these things. And, and here in Ezekiel 37 says, I didn't, I don't have this in your notes, but it says in, in uh, verse one, it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. So here is this bone, just garbage pile. Here's this valley, discarded. People don't live there. The only thing's there is a bunch of bones. And God gets in this conversation with Ezekiel and wants to know, you know, do you think these bones can live? And he's like, well, God, you're the one that knows that. You know, God, it's you, it's you that know. So they, finally, God tells Ezekiel to just go ahead and speak to it. Speak to these and speak life to it. And we're going to pick up in your, where your notes do in verse 7. Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Took God at his word, prophesied as commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise and a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. That's pretty cool. Here's all these scattered mess of bones and all of a sudden the bones, boom, they line up. The old hip bone was connected to the knee bone, all that. It all happened. The song just played out right there. I don't know. Sure person, that would be. Yeah. Hey, I'm not a doctor. Yes. You don't want me doing your knee replacement. In verse 8 it says, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. That would have been an interesting piece to see right before the skin came on. Have all that come together. But there was no breath in them. So here's the bones put together and the tendons and the flesh and all that that looks like a bunch of men. There's no breath. There's no breath. And then he said to me, prophesy to of the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign lord says come from the four winds o breath and breathe into the slain that they may live and so i prophesied as he commanded me and the breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army and he said to me son of man these bones are the whole house of israel And they say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off it was this imagery that he wanted Ezekiel to see, that it don't matter how dry and disconnected and how far gone from life it feels like it is, God is the source of life, and he can breathe fresh life into it again. Guess what, folks? If you need some hope, there's hope. If you need a vision for, for, for this next few months that we call 2013, that's there. God is there. He's is doing it we have to understand he is our source of life we see jesus do it we did read this this week just yesterday in matthew in matthew uh four the day before that wow and jesus was tempted it says after 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry and the tempter came to him and said if you're the son of god tell these stones to become bread and jesus answered it is written man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That breath that carried his words, that word, what he had to say, that is what Jesus lived on. You and I have to do that. There's two competing worldviews. There's what our experience says, and there's what God has said, and we have to choose that God is right. We can have the other. It's available. Death and destruction is ours if you want it. But life is there too. Life is there too, and we have to do this. We have to pursue this. We need to cultivate, folks. We need to cultivate an appetite for God in His ways of doing things. Again, this is part of our reading we just got through with this, this week. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who, are, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This righteousness is one of these big things christian words that can sometimes be scary but it's just simply righteousness is just what god says is right that's all it is so what god says is right he says this is the way i designed it to work you do it another way and it's either broken right off the bat or it's gonna break righteousness is is life-giving unrighteousness isn't it brings it brings destruction and He tells us jesus tells us to hunger and to thirst for those things that God says are right. We have to cultivate a hunger for those, a desire for them. We've already just by nature have cultivated just the world we live in tries to grow in us a desire for death and destructive things. They paint it up pretty and sin's fun for a season, but in the end it brings death and try to cultivate a taste for that fun in the initial, but the aftertaste just isn't any good. And we need to cultivate a desire for all the stuff God says is right. Because I tell you what, when you're really hungry for the right things, it changes everything. You can't, you can't be slowed down. You can't be stopped. You can't be diverted. I've shared this story before on one of my initial, one of my few horseback riding experiences. And uh, that uh, I had gone to, to Rio Doso. When I was a kid and done the trail rides, and man, you—I thought, I, you know, I, I was a kid. I was about eight or nine. I thought I was a great horseman. I didn't realize you couldn't make those horses get off the trail if you wanted to. I mean, you can do whatever. You can stand up, do somersaults on the back of that horse, do whatever, crawl all over it. It's just gonna walk down that trail. Well, a buddy of mine, he had a couple of horses, and we wanted to go ride one weekend. And he said, "Hey, you ever?" His dad said, "You ever ridden a horse?" I'm like. Sure, I've ridden a horse, no problem. So we get on these horses. Well one's a, like was a thoroughbred horse, big old powerful horse, and this other one's this little horse. And um, so I get on the little horse. My buddy gets on the big horse. We have these big old uh, Mexican saddles that they don't have the little Western saddle horn. They got this big old saddle horn, looks like a steering wheel. I mean, big old sucker. And I had swords and stuff on those. It was a ton of fun, so we go out, and we're, we're riding around in the corral area. All's cool, so we go out of the corral. Of course, he lived out of town, and we went down a, a sh- this fence line that, for whatever reason, had been freshly plowed. I don't know why, if they were doing weed control or whatever, but it was plowed up for about a quarter of a mile or so. So it looked like a racetrack. Cool. So we have the horses side by side. Now I'm like, I'm on the smaller horse. So, of course, ego says I can still beat you on a smaller I can be on a smaller horse and I can still whip you. So we race. Now, I, we hit these horses. We take off. All's nice and good. Get to the end. Pull backwards. And you, you the, apply the brake thing. Everything works. Play around good. All's great. Now it's time. We're done. It's time to come back. Nobody had ever told me about the whole thing. You don't run a horse towards home. Don't get it turned towards the barn. And nobody told us that these horses had not eaten. And so we're on hungry horses and ignorant. And we get, turn around and come back. And we're on the backs of these horses and we get back to this plowed place. And I'm like, okay, I got beat. The thoroughbred horse beat my little horse named Coco. And uh manly name. And uh so I'm like, okay, we're gonna get this done. I Kicked that horse so hard, I just, mm, I probably broke a rib. I mean, I just like we're going. All right, maybe I didn't break a rib. I kicked it hard. And those horses just go. I thought they were running fast the other way. Man, they are going. Before, they were doing this little number. And we're doing this. Whoosh. I mean, the, like where the whole horse is in the air some of the time. I had never done that. They don't do that on the trail ride. There's none of that. And we are going, and we are flying. And so we're going a mile, my horse will edge up, and his horse will edge up. And we're going pretty soon. These horses are going full out, and we're banging into each other. They're like right there and smacking into each other. We get to the end and think, okay, all's, all's good. We're gonna, this is going to be over. Then go to do the brake thing, go to pull back. Nope, horse did not stop didn't even act like I wanted to stop. My buddy Jeff's pulling on his. does not want to stop. So I pull back harder. I've always been stronger um, with my right hand. And I'm pulling back so hard, oh, this horse's head turns sideways. On the right, turns over this way. The horse is still running full out. So now he's running like this. He's <laughs> just going full out. And Jeff's horse is running with its chin all tucked up. He's pulling back. We're not stopping at all. We're not stopping at all. At the end, where we, where we initially was our starting point, it's now the ending point. There's a nice big wooden telephone pole with a guy wire. We're headed straight for it. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. So I'm like, this horse is not going to kill itself. And it can't see where it's going this way. So I just throw the reins up and grab that big old steering wheel saddle horn. And I just hold on, and we go past, and there's the telephone pole. And I go on the non guy side. Jeff goes on the guy wire side. On the other side of the telephone pole, there is just a horse. Jeff is gone. He does not. He's not there anymore. And I'm thinking he's like decapitated, dead. <laughs> it's just all the. Oh, I watch way too many movies, and it's just bad in my mind. But my horse is still going full out. But there's a nice little. West Texas three-string barbed wire fence. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, this horse is running full out. All going to be cool. And uh, this horse is, is, uh, is going to stop. Well, then it doesn't stop. And I'm like, okay, this horse is going to jump the fence. So I stood up in the stirrups a little bit, thinking, this is the smart thing to do. <laughs> and uh, that horse did have brakes. And that horse stopped. Just right up against that fence. Well, if you're doing this, that'll work. And I fly forward, and my feet are all back here. My hands are back here. And the horse has stopped, and I'm grateful that this, is, this ride is over. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is done. And that horse does this high ho silver move and gets parallel with the fence and takes off again. And when that horse did that move, then I've got both of my feet on the same side of the horse. And this foot's still in the stirrup, and the horse takes about three gallop things. And, of course, Mr. Abolose did not cinch it up for trick riding, and so the saddle starts spinning. <laughs> and it was just bad news. It was bad news pretty soon. I'm just hanging on to that saddle horn, and I'm being drugged along the caliche, and I'm like, okay, Lord, help me, and I just let go. And the horse somehow didn't step on me. And I lay there. And then I remember my friend that I think's dead. And I holler at him. And he doesn't respond. And I drag my scraped up self up. And I go check on him. And thankfully he was fairly athletic. And he rolled with it. Had a big old whelp across his chest. and was bleeding on his hip. But we limped back. Get together. And now we're like, man, these horses are gone. We've just lost Mr. Avalos' horses. They've just gone crazy and they've run away. So we're trying to figure out what we're going to tell him. And at least we're beat up. It looks like we tried. <laughs> it looks like we got in a good fight. And the horses just, they just overpowered us, Mr. Avalos. They wanted to be free. And, um, and so we go up and there we are at the, at the barn. There's one horse with his head in a bucket of oats. And then there's my horse with his saddle on sideways with his head and a bucket of oats. They simply were hungry. They simply were hungry. When Jesus told us this, if we're hunger and thirst for us, we will be filled. He understood the way hunger works. He built those horses that way. If we'll really get hungry, it doesn't matter, folks. It doesn't matter who's on your back trying to turn you left and right and stop you and slow you down and all that kind of stuff. If we will develop and cultivate a hunger for the things of God, we will be filled. We will be filled. Will life try to slow us down? Will life try to divert us? Will life try to do those things? Sure, but when we hunger for what he says is right, we have this promise We have this promise that we will be filled. Psalm 107 says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men, for he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. With the things he says are right. With the life-giving things. He gives us life. He gives us life. Here at the first part of February, we're about to start some new small groups that'll run for just a... A six to eight week run. These are things designed to help you cultivate a desire for the things that are right. What God says is right. Whether it's in the area of marriage or the area of finances or the area of child rearing. Or just personal growth with God. That's what those are for. We want to help you cultivate an appetite for the things of God. John 6 says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. We can either want just the stuff, want our bellies full from God, just the, the bread that he provided. He multiplied the bread. There was nothing wrong with it. He wanted them to eat it, but what he wanted them to have a desire for was his power, the life that he could give. And he said, You're not, you're, you're missing out on the fact that. That the miraculous life-giving power is here and you just want bread Don't work for food that spoils but food that endures to eternal life Which the son of man will give you On him god the father has placed his seal of approval And then they asked What must we do to do the works god requires and jesus answered This is it this is it get this seal down in you This is it The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's our work. We believe on Jesus. We believe that he wants to change things. That he was sent to set us free. That he was sent to give us life. That is our work. God wants us to have the life that we were created to enjoy. That resilient cry for life that we saw in that video earlier. The resilient cry for life that is pumping in your veins right now. God wants us to enjoy that full life. His life. And embracing this full life. Folks, it means knowing him better and trusting him more. He's our source. It's where it comes from. So we have to know him and trust him. That's what this is about. And it starts at square one right here. Right here. The question is, is where are you? We say that multiple times. Where are you and which way forward? If you're a believer, then you're heaven ready. But there's still some life That needs to be shifted. There's still some empty and some broken that God wants to deal with. Where are you with that right now? Where are you? Not the big laundry list of all the stuff. But what's the Holy Spirit tapping on your shoulder? Say yes to that today. God has a plan forward. He does. He does. Say, but I don't see it. Brandon, I don't see it. You don't have to see it at this moment. Trust that he has one trust that he has one that's the work he's asking of you believe in the one he sent maybe you're here and you're not a believer maybe you don't have a relationship with god maybe all this is foreign to you then it starts here believe in the one he sent you've heard us talk about communion you've heard us talk about that there's no no forgiveness without the shedding of blood that jesus is the one that did it we've been talking about this the whole service that jesus is our source of life all you have to do is say, you know what, I'm empty, and I need life, and you're the life giver, and I take it today. Appreciate if everybody would just kind of bow their heads and create a quiet moment. We want to make that, we want to make that an option for you right now.